0: This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is The James Altucher Show. Today on The James Altucher Show. Every time I talk to Tucker Max, my life changes. This is an intense one. He wrote this post that I read called Doomer Optimism or it was about Doomer Optimism, which he can explain what that means. And the reason I heard about the article is I saw two people in a Facebook group that I'm a member of, I saw them arguing where one person was insisting that the admin of the group kick Tucker off the group because of this article. And that's happened to me when I've had particularly controversial articles. It's always crazy when you see people explicitly trying to censor someone group that they remember of for years and and that everybody knew him and everything just because of something he wrote or an opinion he had so it's part one and in part two he also discusses not only the article but what he's going to do about it here's tucker How else are things going? You're not at uh, Scribe Media now full-time. No. You're writing. You're enjoying life. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Like I'm always curious. Like, and we'll get to the Doomer optimism stuff in a second. Or, I mean, maybe this won't even be for the podcast. But I'm always curious with you because you are a super ambitious person. You're a great writer. You've done great things. And then how do you pull yourself back from ambition to say, you know what? For a while, I'm going to focus on family and friends and whatever.
1: Um, you know, it's funny. I, I'm going to answer your question. Let me come to it uh, circularly a little bit. So psychedelic medicine has gone through a lot of the VC community. And, of course, mm-hmm. a lot of them are doing it wrong, etc. But this one girl uh, who's like, I don't really even know she, who she is. I don't even know her name. I can't remember it on Twitter. But she's very pretty, so a lot of people pay attention to her. And I'm not even trying to troll her. It's just there's almost no women in that community, and none of them, very few are attractive, and so you know how, just how the world works. And so she wrote this long uh, set of posts shitting on all these VCs she knew who had done psychedelic medicine. And, and her point was, the negative thing <laughs> she pointed to, was so amazing, was that it killed their ambition, right? And <laughs> a bunch of people were like, no, it didn't kill their ambition. It woke them up and showed them how fucked up the whole system that they were in and the game they were playing was. Right, and so like to answer your question, the way I've dealt with ambition is that I have realized over the, especially over the last three years. I thought I understood this three years ago, but about three years ago is when I really went deep into. I'd been sorry, started therapy years ago, but psychedelic medicine added to my therapeutic practice about three years ago, and it really got intense. And that's when I realized, oh, wow, almost everything I'm doing and everything I think about that I want and all all my frames are totally, they're not mine. Fucked up or not, they're not even mine. And so the way I've dealt with ambition is to- Define
0: frame. Like, give me an example of a frame.
1: Okay. That I need to be rich Mm -hmm. or that I need to make money or that I need to be successful or what successful is- Right. These are all for, uh, another name for a frame is an assumption, right? Or a starting point or a dogma or a philosophy.
0: Or I'll give you an example from your life. I remember when we met, you had just come off the the filming of uh, I hope they still serve beer in hell. And you were really into the Hollywood thing of it. like, I hope this movie is success. And you were really disappointed when that movie didn't turn out how you had hoped. I was, it yeah. was
1: way more disappointed. <laughs> yeah. But yes. But the, the, so the point is the way I've dealt with ambition is to get to the root of it. Why am I so concerned with my success and how am I defining success? And once I re- – I mean, dude, just answering those two questions, we could talk about for hours, days. But to to sum it all, distill it down as much as possible – I realized that almost everything I considered, every assumption I had about success was not mine. It was an ex- assumption that I had learned or taken on from the culture. And when I actually unpacked it, I realized almost none of it I actually cared about or agreed with uh, when I really thought about it. And so then when, when I stripped everything away, what I was left with of the things that I actually cared about, I only really care about The things, uh, being with the people I love, doing things that matter to them, and building a world that I want to live in. And I mean, when I say a world, I don't mean like Africa. I don't even mean like New York City. I mean like building the immediate community that I live in. And nothing else matters to me. Now, if other stuff happens, cool, great. Like, I'll take it. Like, I'm not against uh more conventional definitions of success or whatever but once i really dove into all of my stuff i realized that's the only thing that mattered to me and everything else was bullshit
0: let me ask you this because i agree with a large amount of that and and yet i'm still driven forward by you know we we're hierarchical beings you can transcend that Uh, can you because look it's it's 10 million years of chimpanzees uh, having hierarchies from alpha Mm -hmm. to omega. And part of those metrics are either, you know, success, i.e., you know, followers or likes or whatever, or, or money, like some way in which we measure the hierarchy. And another thing about, Money, not wealth, but money, is that that's how you build kind of the world that you want to live in to some extent. Not always, but to some extent.
1: Yeah, I mean, both of those are – are uh, there's deep assumptions in both of those things you just said that I don't agree with um, and, and I don't think are true. They're stories. They're true for you because they're stories you're telling yourself. They're not true in any objective sense. So, yeah, primates are clearly hierarchical beings. Our biology, it's baked in. There's no doubt about that. But the cool hack around that or the cool frame that I learned was that I get to decide what my hierarchy is. Yeah.
0: And I 100% agree with that.
1: Okay. But see, but agreeing with it and actually putting it to to play in your life are different things. Right? Like uh, uh, most people don't even understand hierarchy, whatever. But even if they do, they accept hierarchies that they're either born into or that they're told are important. I have rejected all of those things. Finally. Like, like It's funny you brought up Hollywood because that's a hierarchy. And I was totally bought in at that point. Even when I was in it, I thought I wasn't. But I was, of course. And now it's like, no, mm-mm, I don't care.
0: I think what's made a lot of successful people different is that they're still in a hierarchy, but they choose their own hierarchy. So, like, instead of having – most people, friends want to be in the wealth hierarchy. But there's other – like – I rejected the wealth hierarchy for a while. I went into stand-up comedy, or anybody who goes into the writing hierarchy is rejecting the wealth hierarchy, the traditional success hierarchy. So I think we've gone into untraditional hierarchies, but I can't say I've broken out of them.
1: Dude, you don't even see it. You keep saying, you oh, you can pick your hierarchy, but then you keep talking about other people's hierarchies. Okay. Comedy, comedy has an established hierarchy that you don't have to fucking buy into. Writing right. has... I'm the definition of something. Writing absolutely has a, a standardly accepted hierarchy. I never bought into any of it. I broke it. I beat all of those motherfuckers. Never once bought into it. Never. Yeah. Same yeah. with publishing, right? Never once bought into it, right? Instead, I built my own, right? That That is the thing with hierarchy, is that defining your own is the first step to transcending it then really, you can actually transcend it. Truly, you can.
0: I always felt, the way I would always put it, and maybe this is not the way I should have been thinking about it, but I would always be interested in diversifying hierarchies. So I had more than one. So if one is not working out, I I have others that I'm diversifying into. But you're right. Maybe maybe they're all standard though.
1: (laughs) That's a great strategy if you're just trying to make yourself super miserable. It Maybe really that's what's true. happened. No, and I'm not. By the cheating. way, I've
0: by the way, I've never seen you laugh so much either. So, so, so clearly something good's happening.
1: Well, no, I'm not trying to shit on you, man. It's just think. Okay, I'm going to be in a bunch of different hierarchies. Is a really good way to have to monitor what a bunch of different people think of you <laughs> and it fit into their that's categories true. of what matter. It's like, oh God, I can't imagine a way a, a worse way to make myself miserable or a more effective way than. I need to measure myself by 10 different scales instead of one, right? No, the the, the step beyond that, if you ever choose to take it, James, is to decide you are going to create your own hierarchy. And then the step beyond that is to let go of all hierarchies. So let me
0: ask you a question. How do you choose? And look, I defined the word choose yourself or I coined it for my book, at least, which you helped with. Uh, How do you really start from scratch, choosing your own hierarchy,
1: man, that, uh, and what
0: hierarchy are you in?
1: It's a great question. Uh, I, you, the hierarchy I'm in, how yeah. well am I living up to the best version of myself possible? Okay. That's how I measure myself. Like literally today, I took my kids to town. We ran some errands, did some fun stuff. And at every moment, I'm not asking myself, am I a good parent? Because now you've, how you define good is mm. depending on what hierarchy you're in. I'm asking myself, am I honoring the commitments I've made to my children? And am I am I being the best version of myself possible? Mm. That's the only hierarchy I measure myself on. the The voluntary commitments I have entered into and my belief about myself.
0: So when's there been a time when you felt you slipped on your own hierarchy? Because I feel the best way Every to define day. a positive is to look
1: at a negative. <laughs> Every day. All right, dude. all right. Dude, I mean, I'd love to sit here and tell you that I'm a perfect parent. Wouldn't that be awesome? I'd love to be <laughs> – I'm, I'm not, right? So, like, uh, this morning, uh, my, um, my son, my youngest, Deacon, uh, uh, he, he did something, and I got upset, and I yelled at him, and I snapped at him, and then he got upset and all – I I I don't. i made a commitment to my kids not to snap and yell at them. Right? I've I screw up all the time, man. It's like it's a difficult thing for me sometimes. Like because they're real good at pushing buttons, man. The kids, my kids, are experts at finding my buttons and just hitting them yeah, repeatedly, yeah. dude. They're so good at it. I
0: mean, right? that's that's the only thing kids get good at the first five years of their life. Like that's the only thing you're. Everybody, I always view that every human being is a scientist. Well, for kids, for babies up to five years old, you're their only laboratory. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're masters at it. Mine are yeah. amazing. and and, and so, But the way I look, I, I get upset in the moment, and then I'm like, okay, hold on. like I'm being upset. And then obviously in our family, we have a saying, everyone makes mistakes. All you have to do is say you're sorry and clean it up, right? So apologize, try, make it right. And then I realize, hey, listen, The fact that I'm getting angry at them – what's the saying? Triggers are teachers? Okay. I'm Mm. getting angry at them means that there is work here right now for me to do. Right? And now the other side of it is I actually was half proud of myself because there were like four or five things that happened that, that normally would have set me off that I was able to take a step back from and not get upset and then it was like the sixth thing that my like bishop or deacon did. I was like, All right, that's it.
0: Yeah. Like, they're not gonna rest until they hit that button. I, well but let me ask you this too. No, this I don't think he's hierarchy. doing it on yeah.
1: purpose. It's not him. It's it's not that's, that's what a very codependent or very uh, toxic yeah. dynamic. He's, t- he's two and a half, man. He's totally focused on himself. Like I'm not even a separate being to him. I exist only for, uh, to serve him in his own mind. Right. So that's why I'm not, I'm never upset at him. Like he's fussing because he has a need. He needs to meet and he's learned this is the way he's going to get it. And so now I've got to deal with that, you know?
0: So, Tucker, here's another question related to it is when's the last time you did something you didn't really want to do, but you felt like somehow obligated to do it? Because this, this is related to the ambition thing as well.
1: I mean, are we counting like um, I had to pay property tax? No, no, uh, not stuff like that,
0: which is like, but like, for instance, going to a conference that you didn't really feel like speaking at, or no, I mean, not, no. not I don't that do example. That shit
1: but, it's been a long time.
0: All right, good. Yeah, I would say for, for me as well, but then I always sit back and wonder, well, maybe I should have, I, I do the should have thing. Well, like, I, I mean, you know, yeah, instead, okay, instead of right. doing a past year and a half of studying chess, for instance, maybe I should have started new
1: businesses or blah, blah, blah. So one of the, uh, let me, this actually might be really helpful for you. One of the things I've done, especially over the last year, is really focused on places in my life where I have shame-based thinking. Or shame-based words, should've is a great one. Should've according to who? Right. Oh no, but every you've said should've. I I wish I like in fifteen minutes we've been on. I bet you've said it at least five times. Okay, because I am should've according to me. Like, and I do agree that it's a
0: bad word. No, no,
1: no, no. It's not a bad word. It depends how you're using it, right? Shame-based. I I I'm
0: using it poorly.
1: Well, see, but like, now you're judging yourself, right? So self-judgment am, yes. and shame-based language are amazing indicators of underlying issues to deal with if you're willing to actually look at it, right? Like my mother-in-law is like this. She's a wonderful, incredible woman in so many ways. But, man, she is so fucking hard on herself. And she uses so mm. much shame-based language. And usually about herself. It used to be about others. And she does, she's done so much uh, 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 psychedelic work and therapy and and she doesn't really do it to others that much anymore. It's just all on herself now. And you can see the way she talks about herself. And you're very similar. Like, I can't ever think of times you've ever shamed anyone or judged ever, anyone else. Like, it, very rare. That was very, very rare to come yeah. and you do it to yourself though, dude. I mean, you no. heap that shit on yourself. It's
0: crazy. Well, I remember how we first contacted each other I was having it was like over a decade ago. I was having a quote unquote Twitter fight with somebody who was bashing one of my books when she also even admitted she hadn't even read it. She just didn't like the title. <laughs> and you were and you wrote me out of the blue. I I didn't we had never spoken before. You wrote me out of the blue and said, Why are you having a Twitter fight with this useless person and who's not even in the same category and you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it was, it was a very encouraging letter. And then we got in touch and became and got to know each other very well, but you've been reminding me of this for a decade.
1: Well, whenever you decide to actually turn and look at it, man, it, you may find, uh, uh, it, it, uh, dealing with this stuff always sucks at first. It's never fun. But the other side, what's through it, is usually, at least in my experience, well worth it. I mean, what, what, ask yourself, what would your life be like if you were able to, say, turn down your shame and self-judgment? Let's say 30%. What would your life be like?
0: I think it's not necessarily shame and self-judgment. It's like I wonder why other people will, will try to judge. I, I feel bad when other people... Are inaccurately judging me or shaming me. And then of course I fall into that, it with that which would is, not
1: bother you if you didn't have that d- doubt, that doubt yourself.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I and I and I do think that I think was it's an insecurity of mine since childhood that unless I achieve Where X, Y, and Z... Where do you think insecurities
1: come from, my brother? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> they come from deeply internalized shame. Yeah.
0: So, Tucker, this, this in a roundabout way, this brings us into Doomer Optimism, which you've written about. I had never heard the term before, actually, until a few weeks ago when I heard it from you. And one thing I will point out is that rather than, you know, I read your article about Doomer Optimism, and then I saw on Facebook something really weird, which is that someone who reposted your article uh, got shamed himself, for reposting your article. Yeah, and course. then I know it's a good article. Like I've written, <laughs> I, I've, I've written articles where people have then contacted me and told me they were unfriended for reposting my article. So yeah. then I know, like why would someone unfriend somebody else for reposting someone else's article? So I said, huh, there's, and obviously I knew this was interesting because you and I have spoken about these topics and I, I very much agree with them. But first off, you define doomer optimism in the in the be- very beginning of your article.
1: The shit's gonna hit the fan, but if we all do our work, we're going to be okay.
0: Yeah. And so what led what led you to and then, and then by the way, then you start painting this horrific scenario over the next few years and and then you start the optimistic side, which is also how you're how you personally are dealing with it and preparing yourself. Not prepping yourself, but preparing yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I mean, what led you up to this? Look look it's, I, I, when people ask me that, I'm always like, have you been paying attention in the last two years? Because <laughs> like, no, all I, kinds I,
0: of shit happened. Like, look, I, I agree with you. I was right doing Instagram Lives about these topics in March 2020, but it was because I personally was scared. Like, I didn't like what I was seeing. Not only, Of course, the pandemic was scary, as you pointed, pointed out in the beginning of your article, but then suddenly how easily people capitulated to policies that might have been incorrect, but they just capitulated without asking.
1: Rolled over is the term I would use. I mean, dude, like I I still, I am watching Australia and cannot believe how quickly and completely a country of supposedly free Westerners rolled the fuck over. What's going on in Australia? They have prison camps for non-vaccinated. Are like no, no, they're quarantine camps, motherfucker. You're not allowed to leave. Like they're prison camps. If you leave, they would chase you down, and arrest you, and bring you back. They are prison camps. To Is that as- really true? I have not heard about it. It's wait, it's all over. Well, it's not all over the mainstream well, I, I news because of I course I they're not the going to talk about that. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, go just go. The, the Australian government doesn't even hide it anymore. Actually, all right. I'm gonna. That's my I'm favorite. Gonna... There's all kinds of stuff about it. Yeah, no, I mean, so, like, so as far as I know, and as far as anyone, anything I've seen, they're not death camps yet. My guess is, sh- I mean, this sounds fucking horrible, and God knows I don't want this to happen. The thing I always say, people, it's so funny, I talk to people about this, like, oh, but, but no, no, this and that. And I'm like, okay, so if they turn into death camps, is that when you're going to wake up and realize what's going on? And I'm like, well, I'm like, okay, so death camps are okay for you. Is that it? That's not that's not crossing the line. Like I always try and figure out with people, what's what's the line for them? Is it prison cam- prison camps for people with COVID or unvaccinated are not the line? What if they're death camps? Is that a, is that the line?
0: It's interesting because in in 2015 a law was not passed but considered in New York State, it was it's you could google it. it's called a416 and it basically says the governor at his or her discretion could detain someone indefinitely if they view them as a threat to public health well, and d- hold of on course didn't the that law, law just
1: get proposed just recently in new york like a couple months ago no that's the interesting thing it was 2015
0: but now it's being brought up again the right, same law exactly
1: again yeah, yeah right.
0: and now people are saying oh yeah that might be reasonable. So because of everything that's happened, where of course, back in 2015, nobody considered it unreasonable. And so it's the trend that is is scary to
1: me. So th- this seems like such an easy solution to me. Why don't we just have a couple of places where people are all in for any form of tyranny, as long as it gives them whatever safety they think they're getting from it. And if that's your orientation, cool, then California, New York, Illinois, whatever places decide that they're going to be tyrannies for safety, or however you want to frame it, Um, uh, uh, cool, go there, move there, go. And everyone else who's like, no, 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 I I want freedom, yeah, maybe there's risk to it, cool, but I don't care, then you come to Texas and Florida and the South or whatever, right? Like, we can still be America, we just have different states that are going to have completely different orientations to life, liberty, and (laughs) happiness, Great, go so, go so, put your fucking mask on, and go go live in your pod and eat the bugs and do what these sociopaths tell you. As long as you're not fucking trying to tell me what I have to do, I don't actually give a fuck. Like seriously, so I don't care.
0: I've had I've had this conversation on the podcast with two very smart, educated people. One was a constitutional expert. The other was someone you and I both know very well. One guy pointed out that in the Constitution, it does say life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I said, well, isn't the forced shutting down of every single business in the country against the fact you can't deprive people of their right to make a living without due process? And he said, no, because in the Constitution, life comes first. And
1: that's you know, a, I, don't, made I, up. I didn't really have an argument I, for that. I, I, can, I can make up a bunch of shit too. Right? That, <laughs> like, it doesn't make it true. That's fucking nonsense in no way, shape, or form. It's sort of like people who say – My favorite uh, uh, of the misreadings of the Constitution are the people who are like, oh, well – The Second Amendment only applies to organized militias, the military, so people shouldn't have guns. No, motherfucker, that's not – not only is that not at all the framers' intent, but literally the words don't say that. Literally they don't. They say – here's the easiest way to understand the Second Amendment. I'm going to paraphrase it. Because a nation needs to have a standing army and that standing army has guns and is dangerous – individuals not in the army need to have guns as well that's what it fucking says that's what it means life liberty and the pursuit of happiness are not an or a ranked uh, uh, uh triplex it's it's not it's absolutely not if anything america and all of its founding principles were antithetical to putting Life above freedom. That is the opposite of why America was founded. That is the opposite of the principles that this country stands for. But look, if someone wants to fucking die for climate change or for COVID, I don't fucking care. As long as they don't try and take me with them, I'm good. Go fucking kill yourself. Go live in your fucking pod. Go surrender. I don't care. Just leave me
0: alone. So, like in your in your article, you give a a timeline of how you started to feel that the shit was going to hit the fan. And in March 2020, you mentioned you were initially for the lockdowns. I think we were probably both equally scared of where I could leave. I'm more always worried about slippery slopes because I would look at a furniture store. What nobody was ever in a furniture store. Why does it need to close down for COVID? There was it's it's not like there's a lot of people crowding. And I use this as an example of furniture store. but It's not that right. like people are crowding wall to wall in the furniture store. Like get me that chair. Right. So like I always wondered why do you include restaurants and furniture stores and you know weddings all in the same category that this could be dangerous when you're just shutting everything down and everyone is like everyone was shaming everyone else. Like at, in the same time, I would ride my bicycle in. Central Park, and people would shout out, wear a mask. Right, and you're not, you can't transmit it outdoors. And B, you're just, it's not like I'm spinning on anybody. There's no like,
1: one else there. <laughs> no, my right. favorite of the people still to this day, you still see them sometimes, wearing a mask in their car alone driving. Right. <laughs> it's talk about, about the ultimate sign of submission. It's like, Jesus or, or, Christ. Or here's
0: the thing too. Oh. I was just in Las Vegas and, and I have to wear a mask. But then you go to a, an action, and you have to social distance. There's signs everywhere. But then you see a blackjack table, and everyone's drinking, so no one's wearing a mask, and they're right. all sitting right next to each other. Know, so the exact spot where you should be doing it is when you're not doing it, and everybody was just walking around social distancing, and they're all wearing fake masks anyway. Like, everyone's just wearing these, like, the face you know, masks with holes in them. Right, yeah, exactly. or, or, or they're wearing, like, um, yeah, exactly, like nothing. So... So it does start to get crazy and and by the way everyone's got covid now anyway. So like the everybody I know has omicron at this point. So what started to really trigger things
1: for you? Um I don't know if there was one event, man. Honestly, like like I'll admit like I was fooled in March like uh, totally. And then by April though, it's like that's what there's a playbook for dealing with pandemics. It's existed for a long time. And nothing anyone was doing was by that playbook. Like lockdowns have never been part of the playbook. That's fucking nonsense. They don't work as evidence by the last two years, by the way, if you think they fucking work, then bless your heart. Cause at that point, facts obviously don't matter to you, but lockdowns were never part of it. Masks were never part of it.
0: Although you can't ever prove a negative. Like if you say that to someone, they'll say, well, it would have been 10 times as many deaths if we didn't do the lockdown. Well, they can
1: say anything. I can say I'm seven feet tall and black. It doesn't fucking make it true, man. Like just because someone says something, who gives a shit? Fuck them. Like, I don't care. Uh, But (laughs) dude, uh, there has been a playbook that has been used for a hundred years for for actual pandemics. Whether it works or not, who knows? But like there was one. That everyone agreed, you know, World Health Organization, whatever. Uh, uh, that this is the, and then all of a sudden, literally, not before, not right before, but like during, like no, nope, we're not doing this. It didn't, and that, like that, that immediately started selling, setting off yellow flags, and then the reversal on masks came really quick, and then all kinds of other weird shit happened. Where I'm like, okay, this doesn't make sense. If this is actually a serious public health emergency then nothing that is going on makes sense with that. Now, looking back, if, if, if what you have is a small group or a small set of groups of powerful people whose goal is to cripple or destroy America, uh, then everything makes sense. Now it's like, okay, like, say, like, look at what's happened in the last two years and ask yourself, from what perspective does this make sense? That's really the only one. Now, I'm not talking about like low – a lot of what's happened are just low-level sociopaths in power who don't want to give up their power, right, which is a whole different thing. Like I I seriously doubt like some New York City commissioner is in any sort of international plot of anything. No, they're just the type of idiot who goes into government because they want power over people. And now they have – they see, oh, pandemic gives me power. I'm never going to let this go. That's a different situation. But, like, if you look at, like, everything that's happened, none of it makes sense from any other perspective, man. There's no – it's so funny, too, to watch, like, so many people who I used to think of as pretty reasonable and logical for a year and a half try and grapple with what – none of these policies make sense. What about this? What about that? And they they refuse to see – oh, wow, maybe my model for why policymakers or why people in charge are making decisions is wrong. Like people like Eric Weinstein or Sam Harris or all these fucking people who are, who like it's like, wow, man, I thought you people were smart. You're actually fucking stupid. Like you can't see a fucking con right in front of you. It's obvious. Maybe it's just because I understand media. Maybe I've been on that side of media for so long and I've seen behind the curtain for so long. I just know what it looks like. And this is the most I've ever seen of anything that's an actual fucking just a fraud and a con. I mean, how many examples do you need? How there's, many have, I mean, like like okay, if, if if you maybe the whole covid thing you can be all right, all right, I get it. Fine, like things can happen, you can make arguments. But then all – George Floyd thing, man, like like I said in the piece, man, that video was so gut-wrenching, dude. I fucking cried watching. That's horrible. And then riots started everywhere, right? And the best part – like you can't beat that that cry on from CNN where it's like the black reporter standing in front of the fire saying mostly peaceful protests. Right. Come on. Stop it. Like they – the mainstream media tried to sell you that these riots – Were peaceful protests. It's like, you're gonna believe me or you're lying eyes, right? So, right. Do you want to keep going? Like, how many more lies do you, you, like? There's some that are like borderline. Like COVID early, maybe you could say is borderline. You can maybe make a good case. Okay, election. That's why I don't even want to talk about the election because it's so fucked up. And there's so many religious dogmatists on the other side with the election stuff. There's so many people who are like. Donald, like they think Donald Trump is some saint. I'm like, he's a narcissistic fucking asshole. Even if you did like him as a president, he didn't give a fuck about you. And so it's like, for, eject the things that are borderline. The twenty summer twenty riots, the January sixth insurrection, keep going. There's some that are just unarguable. L- let
0: me ask you this, because obviously, right, the, the George, like you said, the George Floyd video was horrific. Somebody needed to to speak out about about many things there, but at the same time, you would have twenty thousand people gather for a protest, and they didn't need to wear masks. they didn't need a social distance right and meanwhile, exactly. uptown, a restaurant would be shut uh, with outdoor dining would be shut down in the exact same city <laughs> I, or I, or I, what what got me was in in Seattle i think it was in Seattle where they had the um their their own zone it was the 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 autonomous zone or Chaz, Chaz, yeah
1: yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and teenagers there were two teenagers that that died murdered. in that zone yeah. murdered and the guy who was like quote unquote in charge of of that zone he's like selling t-shirts on on the web right now like what how come there's no charges there's no nothing like he wouldn't let police or hospitals or ambulances come through like i don't understand why why there's such obvious hypocrisy and people did not see and i know this eventually leads to the what becomes doom or optimism? But why didn't people call it out then? It frustrated me.
1: So it gets back to what you um, what you talked about at the at the earlier, very early part of this podcast is um, uh, hierarchy, right? The the uh, one of the embedded parts of hierarchy is identity, right? Like if I care about the writer hierarchy, it's because I identify as a writer, right? And so there are so many people in this country. Uh, everywhere. It's not just America. It's just everywhere. But like, uh, whose identity is tied into? Well, I'm this type of person, or I'm that type of person, or I'm in this group. And I mean, one of the only uh, uh, long-standing and replicable results in psychology is that people will ignore facts to preserve their their either sense of self or identity, right? And so, yeah, most people. What this last. I thought I understood how brainwashed most people were before uh, two years ago. I was wrong. (laughs) I was way wrong, man. I had no idea. There are so many people who I thought, who, James, if I'd made a list of the smartest, freest thinking people I knew, like let's say the top 50, you would have been on that list. You'd have been somewhere, right? Probably at least the top half. I appreciate that. Uh, So of that list of 50, Right now, I'd say maybe 20 are still on the list.
0: What would you see from the 30 that that fell off? What, were, what did you notice?
1: They are so embedded in the standard, uh, whatever you want to call it, the standard institutional narrative that they will literally ignore facts. Um, they will ignore what their eyes see. They will right, literally they, they, ignore what they see and believe but, a but, lie so they that they can they stay are, in right? that group.
0: Like like if you point out basic hypocrisy, they think they will have some rational reason why it's not hypocrisy. No, 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 no,
1: no they won't. What they'll do they, they'll redirect. They'll be like, "Well, what about?" right? And they'll talk about right. Trump or who whatever the fuck, right? They'll they'll, they'll 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 redirect. They'll make an argument about something else. Uh they'll come up with some other argument. They, they'll, yeah, they'll say, "Well, but what about the 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 oh, but you forgot about this or no no. no. They they it's really See, I've I've had a couple of people who I'm close to. I have these conversations. They're not that hard to break. What you what as long as you get them one on one, and and you don't get angry and you, you just, like approach them with pure curiosity and just keep asking questions. What you end up doing, and I've only done this about a thousand fucking times, is that you break their minds. Like literally, they they can't because. All, all the facts, or at least uh, the majority of them, are are lined up against their identity. And when you just ask enough questions from the right way, and they realize they can't reconcile, they either get violent, they get angry, they refuse to talk about it, or you break them. Like I mean, i, I've, I you can ask my Veronica. You know Veronica well. She's seen me do this at dinner to people, where it's like they they like they have to they shut down. They can't keep functioning, and they have to like, start crying. Uh, they leave. They, they, they do something like that. And I'm not talking about angry debate. And angry debate never works. If you yell at them or scream or throw facts in front of their face, then it actually makes it easy for them to, to defend, right? Right. The, so the opposite way, the way you get people um, uh, is that you, just from a place of curiosity and kindness and softness just keep asking but okay, but how does that work? but why this? you can actually do that with anyone with almost anything because virtually no one understands why they believe what they believe about hardly anything right And so like you can do that like it's a very easy technique to use if you just like there have been times in my life where where like I have <laughs> to be honest, Like I'll be talking to some person. I don't like them. And I'm like, all right, fuck this. I'm going to break them. And I just decide I'll do that. And I'll go, not not even independent the last two years. But like, um, no, dude, that like, just start asking them, why do you believe that? So explain that to me. Hold on. But what about this? But what about this? And just keep going. And then generally, they run out of shit.
0: Cause okay, cause so let's let's do this. Cause I've had these these conversations many times, and usually my approach is a little different than yours, which is I give up, <laughs> meaning I'm not gonna keep going until I usually, yeah.
1: I, I don't they start. cry or break. <laughs> See, I either don't start or I finish them. Uh, <laughs> those right. are the, those are my only two perspectives. I'll go
0: I, about. I I'll, I'll only go about ten percent of the way, cause I'll uh, think to myself, you know, it's not worth it to me. To go all the way with this, but but let's play devil's advocate. Like I'm gonna yep. say, oh, everything was justified with the lockdowns and the vaccines and and all this stuff. Yeah, but stu- you don't
1: believe that. We can't role play it because you don't believe anything.
0: All right, all right. Uh, so so I'm just curious because I I think the technique of breaking is interesting. It reminds me though of Peter Bogosian. I don't know if you read his mm-hmm. book, um, yeah, having difficult conversations, where his thing will be like, okay, I'm 60 percent there. Get me the other. Forty percent. Like it sounds interesting what you're saying. Get me the other forty percent. Like what about the fact that twenty thousand people were allowed to protest, but you were still shutting down furniture stores uptown? Like, you know. And they say, well, they were only protesting. There. I don't know what people would say. Actually, I have no idea.
1: Right. See, that's why we can't role play because you don't believe any of it because it's bullshit.
0: But why was this happening? Like, why don't people see the hypocrisy? Like, if you point out the hypocrisy, no one will admit that it's hypocritical. James.
1: James. Because most people, when faced with truth or group pick group,
0: they pick status. But if you say, "Is this is this hypocrisy? Yes or no?" and they say no, when it's so obvious to
1: anybody, either that they'll it say, is. "Dude, it's what I'm trying to explain to you, man." Is the stages of when I break them? First, they'll deny. A lot of times, they'll then recognize and say, "I don't care. I still believe it anyway." Yeah, I see. Because when faced with truth or group. Me, group slash status. Most people pick group and status. So what, what they pick
0: also is, is faith, right? So, yeah, so yeah, faith is this ability to assert something that you don't
1: have any proof of. No, see, hold on. That's a little different. Uh, belief without proof. When most people say faith, they're talking about religion, right? Right. Um, uh, uh, but be- <sighs> Belief without proof is a different issue. Like I, the technique I was talking about, curiosity doesn't actually work well on religious people. Like it doesn't break religious people because they, the, the, most of religion is made, I, I don't necessarily mean God or spirituality, but organized religion, it's a made up set of beliefs, right? And so like, but but at the core of it, why it works, the the mental hack that that organized religion figured out thousands of years ago is faith. Right? That, you you believe without proof. So that's, that's why it always makes me laugh. It, like religious people have arguments. I'm like, why even argue? You believe without proof anyway. Right? So like that not faith a core tenet? And they'll say, yeah. I'm like, well, then why, why are you talking about facts? You don't care about facts. Right. That's actually when they get angry, which is weird. But, but this the, 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 the approaching with gentle, kind, but tenacious curiosity only works on people who think they're being reasonable and rational and logical. Because that, that, that is a, a part of their 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 defined self, right? And so so that's what you're breaking.
0: Well, it's not all doom and gloom. Stay tuned for part two.